from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Appreciate having you here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora once again on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT where you're listening and on Facebook.com where you're watching and listening on Facebook.com backslash live now. DT, all of this is coming to you inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, which you can see right behind me here. Charney's Menswear and Tuxedos, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. We appreciate you being here with us, as always, every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This is a uh, coming up here on Wake Up Call with Dance Tour inside of Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factories. What's popping? One of my favorite people is is here with me right now i told him that i remember sitting in the car with him after we did an event and i said to him i was like adonis you should already know this but you're one of my you know not only one of my favorite players my favorite player on the team at the time for sure but i was like you're one of my favorite people and we just always got along i always rooted for him and uh, you know he actually got to work with my company for a little bit we got to do some stuff together and I'm always honored to speak with him and to catch up with him and, and to make sure that him and his loved ones are doing well. And Adonis comes to us today with a very unique perspective on everything that's going on because Adonis is obviously a member of the black community, but he is also in law enforcement as a deputy sheriff. So he sees a lot of different angles of what's going on. And he's seeing the law enforcement side of it and trying to keep the peace and obviously trying to weed out racism in law enforcement. But he's also seeing the other side of it from the black community and knowing how he grew up and how he was treated and things that have gone on. So Adonis can really give us such a unique perspective that I think is so amazing. So a friend that I would have had on the show to talk about the NFL restart and so many other things in college football in Syracuse, we now have a bigger conversation that we can jump into. And I'm honored that he decided to take some time with us today. So with that being said, let's bring him in. Adonis, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, man. Glad to hear everybody got to see that talk to you, man. I'm glad, but uh, glad you were able to reach out to me and we were able to connect to man, get this together. And like you, as you know as well, you're one of my favorite people too. So you, that's uh, my time in Syracuse. You're there supporting me, so supporting me throughout the whole time and always being there as a uh, as a good friend. We started some good friends with guest colleagues, and then that was good friends. And I'm able to plan our relationship that I've been able to develop. Yeah, man, and that's the thing. And the other thing, too, and I don't know if I ever said this to you, but I think I did. I think I said it to you years ago, but my favorite rapper growing up was Mace, and your face to me always looked like Mace. So it built that bridge. It built that bridge to me. I was like, if I'm friends with Adonis, in a way, I'm friends with Mace. So, <laughs> but. But uh, but yeah, you know. I'm not a great like I'm not a great like Mr. Mace, but uh, I'm taking either way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, but you know, Adonis, I mean, you and I have have uh, built our relationship over so many years here, and I've really gotten to know you as a human being. And I know that uh, you have a good heart. You're a hardworking person. I know that you you know you love the person that you're with. I know you are a, a tremendous dad and loving up you know being a father and all of that. So how have you? handled the way that life has been lately. I mean, we we went into coronavirus, racial injustice has not gone away for over 400 years, but it was in a giant spotlight during coronavirus. How have you 
navigated all of this as a son, as as a spouse, as a father, as a man in the black community, as a member of law enforcement. I mean, you're seeing this from 45 different angles. How have you taken everything? Um, man, I'm just kind of taking it in stride. I have a, I have a newborn as well, so I'm just trying to get get things wraps with that. Uh, she's about a month old, so we're uh, we're adjusting to that. Our family, our two older ones, are adjusting to now having a little sister. Yeah. Um, and in terms of everything else, uh, coronavirus, going from there, and then having a homeschool at home with my son and. My daughter's only three, so she wasn't, my, my oldest daughter was only, she wasn't ever really not doing too much in school, so she kind of just does whatever curriculum we kind of come up with. But, um, yeah, dealing with that, just kind of figure everything out. Um, my partner actually works for the CDC, so she kind of is very knowledgeable and very cautious in terms of how she manages everything and manages us and stuff like that. And me being a law enforcement, having to, um, Things I have to, the precautions I have to take. I'm coming home and not even letting my uniform come in the house and throwing it right in the washer. Just different things like that has been different. And then on top of that, we have to deal with um, all the protests and things that are going on. Um, but that's just something different. Um, and I've never, I've, uh, things like this in terms of like lives and things like that's what's been going on. I, have, I was born in 92, so pretty much like when Rodney King and Rodney King thing happened and there's the LA riots and things like that. So this is the first for me to see. Um, I've seen people protest, but I've never seen like why like this. And it suits the whole nation and cities are just upset and just everything going on. Man, everybody has a right to be upset. I definitely understand both sides of it, but um, it's definitely something unique and different at the same time. I can't, uh, I can't lie about that. And I'm um, just trying to, just trying to stay positive about everything. I think it's anything that helps me out a lot. Um, I have to get into law enforcement is something I kind of always want to have help help people and that's something I, I've, I've geared my life to is helping people out. Uh, my mother was sick growing up a lot, so I helped her out. So I think that Nate, that nurturing in me has always been something that I wanted to do and getting into law enforcement was something like I want to be able to protect those who can't protect themselves sometimes. And um, it's, been a, it's been a growing experience especially and um, it's something that I'm Still trying to get, get to know. I've been doing this for two years now. Um, I love it. Um, I love the people that I work with. So for, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing because I, I understand where the frustration comes from. And I understand why the black community, African black community, is, is upset because it's something that's happened continuous and time and time again to our community. But at the same time, it's not everybody. And it's not a lot of people. I work with a lot of different deputies and Every person I work with, and what I've seen these two years, we don't do that. We don't see that. Here, where I work at Jeffersonville, we don't see that. So it's, it's hard that we're just being pushed under the same umbrella, and as well as the black community, it's a very similar same thing with where yeah. certain people make certain mistakes, and we're all, and everybody has to answer to those. So it's kind of like the same thing on both sides, but a lot of it is just fear, I feel like, for, for both communities. It's, um, and the black community definitely has an understanding why they have this here for it. Um, so it's just some things that, it's, and it's, it's the bigger picture is that it's something that's in this country that we can't really, it's hard, to, people don't want to talk about it, it's hard to, what's the best move, what's the right move, but um, there's a lot of different things going on right now for sure. Yeah, speaking here with Adonis, I mean, more Syracuse Orange football alum and 
and a member of law enforcement as a deputy sheriff right now. Uh, Adonis, for you, like you said, you can understand that's that's you know you can understand everything that's going on you can understand from uh, the perspective of law enforcement you can understand it from the black community how do you balance between the two and do you feel that people ask you to choose a side do you do you ever feel with with family or friends or society that people are saying are you a black man or are you law enforcement i mean do you feel that people almost put you on that line and say choose have you ever felt that way um, honestly, probably not. Um, I'm a man. At the end of the day, I am black, and I am, my confession is law enforcement, so I'm all three of those things. I'm, I can't pick and choose either one of them. I can't pick and choose my color. I can't pick and choose my profession um, at the end of the day. So, I mean, I just like, I can't pick and choose my profession because this is the profession I chose. So, it's me through and through. Um, I believe in the, I believe in black lives matter. I believe in blue lives, blue lives matter. Because if something serious is, um, this is it's a serious situation, and people and other deputies and other officers out in the world they, they put their lives their lives out on line for a lot of different people. And sometimes certain situations you just don't know what it is, and sometimes yeah, um, you, you have to be cognizant of what's going on. And sometimes in quick, fast second, we have to make decisions. It's like when I played in sports, but that was just more so for fun. It's like you have to make a decision in split seconds. Yeah, um, things like that when. What happened in Minneapolis, we obviously know. Everybody I talked to, everybody I worked with, we all know, like, that is some stuff that is unacceptable at the end of the day. That should not happen. That's not a training. There's no way. I, I mean, I don't know what they do there, but I know more more, more than, I have a doubtful that that's not something that has been trained and that's for something that they should be doing. So yeah. it's, um, it's a hard thing, but I definitely don't, it's hard to put myself in a bubble. Um, but I am black man. I've been black since well, my whole life. I've been doing law enforcement for two years. But at the same time, I've been around law enforcement. My dad, my father, he was an officer. He wasn't law enforcement, but he worked hand in hand with law enforcement. And when I told him this is where I, what, what is the direction I wanted to take my my career, and I was working in schools. I was a dean at a high school. But I felt I need I needed to do more, and I felt that I wanted to do more for my community. And talking to him because he's something that somebody that's been dealing with officers and for his, his whole professional career for what he does and he was like man I understand completely he, he's like he, he, he's somebody that understands both sides of it as well you know he doesn't have to wear a, a, wear a uniform or wear a bag or anything like that he does work with a lot of great people and when I asked him about it he, he's like man I understand completely there's a lot of good people out there at the same time and he has he, and he goes to see different counties throughout the state of Colorado as well as in Wyoming so he's it's a very broad, broad perspective of it and understands that it's not everybody. And it's, that's what's hard that everybody, they're just going to put everybody in that same category, but at the end of the day, it's not everybody. It's not a lot of people. You know, we, we look at this, Adonis, and we look at, you know, like you said, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. Some people want the world to take a side, you know, to say, okay, well, if Black Lives Matter, then Blue Lives don't. If Blue Lives do, then it means that you hate the black community. What's the, you know, how would you, because you live in both worlds, how how would you respond to that? If you went to a rally and it's a Black Lives Matter rally that's anti-cop and they hate the cops and, and they're saying blue lives don't matter, or if you go and you speak with a, a bunch of law enforcement and and some of them don't believe that black lives matter, how, how do you establish the fact that both do? 
how do you make a, a clear statement in that sense that that both both lives matter, that law enforcement is important. Like you said, there's so much more good than bad in law enforcement and that black lives matter and that the black community for over 400 years has been oppressed and there needs to be change. How do you establish both of those and and push both of those movements forward, essentially? Um, I mean, the thing about it is it's something that I don't think neither is a pick or choose or one is bigger than the other, but I definitely think this, how... African Americans, black people are treating this country is something that's been going on for forever. What is the right answer and what's the best way to go about it? I don't have the answer to that. But at the same time, I definitely think that people should take more consideration of police officers and the good police officers are out there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of black officers out there as well, and they're getting scrutinized too for saying, well, you know, what side they're getting at that same thing. You need to pick a side, but at the same time, it's hard because we, we risk our lives and we work with people may not be black and we are putting our lives on the line at the same time together so we have an understanding with and within each other at the same time so um how i address those situations um i was just keep on saying that you know at the end of the day we all are under the same flag we are we live in america we choose to live in america we can go choose to live somewhere else um whether it's something a situation that we know of or not we are americans at the end of the day and all of, we all should be cared for, and we all should be taken care of, at the, regardless of regardless of the fact. So if it comes to some the, the new bill that's coming on, remember we have a new bill. Colorado we have a new bill of an integrity, uh, holding law enforcement accountable, and things like that. If that's some things that need to happen, that's some things that that possibly should be, be happening and making making happen. Um, things that we can move forward and. Um, building that bridge together instead of the gap that we have. At the same time, it's just going to take some understanding and it's just going to take some real reality checks. Um, I think the thing about the, the law enforcement is just we have we have the ability to take people's freedoms. We have the ability to take to take people's lives, which is which is a very a very very serious thing. And we it's something that we have to take in consideration every moment, all the time. We have to we we can take people's liberties and for living in this country so we, it, it's the good thing about us having um integrity or, or accountability i understand completely at the same time but there's some things that do need to be recognized so. and that's what just people i think that's what's going on right now is just people in the black community especially are just just tired because it's almost like the same song and we see a lot of different situations of people just getting in trouble or people losing their lives or things that they probably didn't do or that's not really worth it. So, um, just in, in that type of, in that type of answer to those two questions, I just, just have to stay in the black community. It is time. It's time for some, some change to, to happen, but at the same time, it's not all law enforcement. That's the whole thing about it. And law enforcement is just taking us the big, deep, the big bite of it. This is a national thing that happens in a lot of different aspects of our life. And it's not just with law enforcement, just, the biggest thing with law enforcement is, like I said, is we have the ability to, to take a person's life at the end of the day. And that's something that needs to be taken serious, and it should be taken serious without a doubt. That coming from Adonis Amin Moore this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. Adonis, you know, being a member of the black community, you have, I'm, I'm sure, uh, had some type of uh, disrespect that has come your way in your lifetime. 
And to go through that and to be typecast or to be mistreated because you're a black man, a black person in society. And then at the same time, like you said, you've been in law enforcement for a couple of years. So you're discriminated against, you know, in, in a way, like you said, if, if somebody sees a bad cop or they see what happened to George Floyd, they think all cops are bad. You're, you grew up with discrimination of some respect. And now it continues in a different part of your life. How do you handle it? I mean, we've talked about the mental part of, of, of the game, you know, being mentally strong that you can go and lift in the weight room and you can run and you can know every play in the playbook and, and you can be smart as a tack. But if you don't mentally believe in yourself and if your mind works against you instead of for you, you're never going to be successful. In the game of life, you have to have a strong mentality, not just in football or in any sport. So how do you have a strong mentality and how do you sleep at night saying, okay, I've been discriminated for being a black man and now I may be discriminated against for being a cop. How do you navigate through all that? Yeah, I mean, getting into law enforcement, it was no secret about black the black community and how we feel about how a lot of people feel about law enforcement. So I knew from there on, I could be looked at as different and things like that. So, but for me, I, if people complain about how law enforcement treats the black community, that was my biggest thing. I want to—that's the thing. I want to be a part of the change and help people understand and things like that. So that's for me. That's how I make the sweet tonight. I have a great family behind me that supports me. I have I have family members that been in law enforcement. Walking, I lean on who was I have a family member who was a a deputy sheriff in Denver for 20-plus years, and she's somebody I can lean on to. She understands exactly some of the things I go through. And she's retired now, but she's, that's, I have family around me that I can lean on and ask and things like that. But at the same time, it, I have a moral code that I go by, and I treat everybody, whether it is, no matter who they are, with respect, dignity, regardless of whatever kind of situation they are. I, I, try, to keep, I try to keep that level head, and just because, you know, I think being black and being in America, it definitely helps you to be less judgmental. I feel like I try to be not to judge either side because I understand how some people feel because everybody's not every every white person isn't racist. Every black, every white cop isn't racist. So it's I understand that, and I think that's what helps me be able to sleep at night. Is I have a strong family behind me, and I know how I carry myself when I'm in uniform, when I'm out, because I treat everybody with respect at the end of the day. Even if I don't get it back, that's just. That's just how I am, and that's how most. That's how my parents raised me, and that's just how I'm raising my son now. Is that that's how you get a get get, get that's how you don't end up in certain situations. Um, I've had bad situations where I have have had police officers somewhat, you know, being not so. I don't want to not be that language, but probably not being being the nicest. But me keeping a level head and just going from there and just moving to whatever they had feelings about and moving from that situation. And, I was, I'm still here able to breathe, and I have a, had a, a ton, a ton, more than double of the good, good situations. This was prior to me being a cop, but being around the police officers or interacting with police officers. So I have, the negative for me, it, the negative definitely, the, the positive definitely outweighs the negative. So I understand that there is definitely some bad people out there, but there's bad people in every profession, there's bad people in everything. Yeah. And right now, that's just, just what's being magnified or the bad in, I 
Yeah, you know, and, and, and speaking here with Adonis, I mean, more once again, uh, in law enforcement, as well as uh, as someone who's a member of the black community. So seeing uh, different angles to what's going on in today's world. And Adonis, I would expect nothing less because, as, as, you know, one of the things that drew me to you, not just as, you know, interviewing you and whatnot, but as a human being, is that you have a good heart. And, you know, and, and that goes a long way. Did you feel for you growing up, like you said, you, you had good experiences with cops and you had some experiences that you thought maybe were not fair when you were growing up and whatnot. A portion of you wanting to be in law enforcement, was it to protect the black community? Was it to, you know, and, and you're, I mean, protect and serve everybody. But did you feel like almost like, hey, you know, if I'm a cop, then I know that my heart's not black or white or blue or brown or whatever. My heart is my heart. It was given to me by God. Like, if I'm a cop, I know that everybody's going to be treated equally. Did you have a sense for that? Like, you know, if I get to be in law enforcement, then then at least I know that there's going to be one person out there that's going to take care of everybody. Did you feel maybe some of that on your shoulders? Like, if I take this job, then I can have a direct effect on making the world a better place. Yeah, I think I do. I think a lot of good cops out there have that same exact feeling. I think that's the whole reason why you get ready and get dressed every day to go to work is because you have that feeling like, hey, I'm going to be the difference maker to help people at the same time and at the same time um, abide by the law. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that definitely plays a role when it's niggas saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm somebody that can be sharing and understanding and make sure that everybody goes home that day at the end of the day, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, and for you, I mean, like you said, you have three kids now, you have, you know, you have your spouse, I mean, you have, you have a family to take care of. When you look at this world and you look at not just racial injustice and police brutality, as well as violence toward police officers and everything that's going on and the protests and coronavirus and this invisible, you know, virus that could happen to anybody at any time. As a father and as a spouse, what what goes through your head? Because, I mean, you as a, you as a deputy sheriff, you put your life on the line every single day. But now in the world we live in today with coronavirus, there's there's more to that. So you're putting your life on the line as, you know, a black man in society. If you went into the wrong neighborhood, there's that storyline. There's a storyline of being in law enforcement. There's a storyline of the fact that you could just wake up and anybody can get hit by a bus. But on top of all of that, there's coronavirus. On top of all of that, there's protests, there's riots, there's all these things going on. How have you handled this knowing that you obviously want to stay safe yourself, but I'm sure you want you want to protect your lady, and now you have three children to protect. So how are you seeing the world right now from that perspective? Honestly, I'm staying at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, brother. <laughs> I'm trying to go to work and doing the bathroom business and getting my haircut and stuff like that. I am just staying at home and staying away from and visiting my family and stuff like that. But right now, that's the, the game plan is to, is to stay home, and that's the, that's the safest place to me is to be at home, but in reality, when everything starts getting back to places, it's, um, it's hard to live your life that way, at the end of the day. Um, I love life, I'm a person of life, so I kind of, I love being around people, um, so I feel, I, I feel I haven't been put in those situations like that too much before, um, so I just kind of care of myself as, hey, you know, uh, I just, I just look at, the, I try to look at the positive and try to be positive about everything, and at the same time, I'm raising my three kids. I don't want 
sheltered him. I grew up in the inner city. Um, I wasn't a, I wasn't uh, naive to violence. I've been around violence. Uh, I've been around gang members and all that. Um, and I look at Denver, Colorado. So you're living here in Denver, Colorado. I feel like you're a lot more privileged because we don't have as much. Uh, where I grew up, we had a lot of crime in certain areas. You kind of knew where to go and where not to go. And it was it's uh it's not like living in. California, where you know you have you're approached and you got to do this and things like that. Living in Colorado, we don't have that as much. It's more of a choice here. I feel like to be to kind of dabble into that type of world. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity here, so I try to continue to strive and to create opportunities for myself and create opportunities for my family. So I think that's my best thing is that I'm for is being positive, trying to figure out the best ways and put my family in the best position to create opportunities for my kids. Because at the end of the day. My life is it's not done, obviously, but for me, I've, I've been I've, I've done a lot of things that I wanted to do. I wanted to be a collegiate athlete in Division One school. I wasn't able to make it to the NFL, but that was on my own. Um, I think things that I didn't do, but I, that's stuff I can live with. So now, for me, it's just being able to put my children in a place that they're able to do what they want to do, and they're in the best opportunity, and um, just moving forward for that. So that's kind of how I try to go. Adonis, I mean, and fantastic way in, in describing all of that. How do you, how do you handle it? You know, what what do you do to to stay, you know, healthy body, healthy mind? You know, what what do you do to make sure you don't take it home? To make sure that you treat every instance like a new instance. You know, that you don't go through you know, 70 calls and the 71st call, you know, you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're ready to, you know, take something out on somebody because you dealt with this and that. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you deal with a problem on a Thursday and then say, okay, this is a problem in this neighborhood at 515. And then at 735, 
there's another problem. How do you let go of that 5.15? And then when you wake up Friday morning at 9, 10 a.m. and there's a problem, how do you let go of the 5.15 and the 7.35? How do you treat them all individually and make sure that you're not essentially having a domino effect where you know, you're know you either bringing it home or you're bringing one incident into another incident and it's affecting how you're treating that incident? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the exact answer to that. Is just trying to keep everything the same as before, and trying to, trying to just stay level headed and be, be positive, and you have to just, I don't know what, how, how you do that, or what's the best way about it, or things for that. But what works for me is just trying to remember who I am, and every time, and every, any, any incident, anything that I deal with, is just remember who I am, and. Why I'm doing this um, is the best thing that has spoke to me this far. I'm a very early in this game. I work with um, a lot. Of, another good thing for me is the people I work with. Um, who I work at, I work with a lot of great deputies and a lot of great people. So we are uh, we're a great team. So um, for us, I mean, for me, that helps a lot. Uh, helps out a lot too. Is I don't feel hot by myself in a lot of things. And I work with a lot. Like I said, I work with a lot of great people that help me. So I have a great community that I go to work with, and I have a great community. When I come home, so it's for me. It's a lot easier. I feel like because I am fortunate to be in that kind of situation. And when you have, you know, those people, and I think it's important to to state this, Adonis. You know, of the people that you work with, like you said, you're surrounded by really good people, men, women, black, blue, white, brown, purple, orange, polka dot, doesn't matter. I mean, when you look at law enforcement, do you see really, you know, like just. I mean, can you can you kind of in a world that's that's thinking black and white right now, and there's a lot of gray in the world, and in a world that's just see some people are just seeing black and white. What can you say about that? That the of the fact of you know that the people that you work with, regardless of color or sexual orientation or whether they're male or female or whatever, that you that that you're seeing good in cops because I think it's important to share with people, like you said, the overwhelming majority are not bad or else the world would be, you know, crazy right now. So just what you can say about the fact that, you know, the people that you deal with of different colors and different backgrounds are good. I think it's important to state that to the world that uh, that, you know, uh, that that you're not necessarily seeing race and color and whatnot and uh, and sexual orientation and sex when you're looking at your partner or other people in law enforcement. Yeah, you know, that's just, you, I mean, obviously you, you see race. I'm not gonna say I don't see race, but I see people that I look at the good in people. Um, race is something that is the, that defines us in the country more for like a sentence or anything like that. But if people would define usually to me would define people. How they are internally, how they treat you, how they how they treat others, and you you're able to see that and watch that, and that's what helps me able to define that for people. And the people who do see black and white is why this country, I feel like, won't be able to move forward because people see it this way and see this and that, and it's not really that's not really how it is, and that's not how it should be because there's a lot of different people who walk a lot of different life, walks a lot of lot of different ways of life, so. To me, I feel like you have to kind of look into the gray, and uh, and unless people are ready to do that, they it's not the country probably won't be able to move forward, and we're going to have the same thing continue to happen because the thing about racial injustice and police brutality is not it's race racial injustice is a is the big umbrella, and police brutality is just one of those things in, in, inside of that umbrella. 
there's a lot of different, there's racial, um, there's, there's a lot of different racial injustices in everything, in, in professions, and in, in work, and housing, and things like that. And police brutality is just the top of your hand right now. Yeah, you know, and like you brought up, Adonis, like you said, it's 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 what's coming up right now, and it's what's happening in this moment, and we're talking about it. Four years ago, Colin Kaepernick took a knee, and he essentially became the sacrificial lamb of the NFL. They can say that he wasn't ostracized, but he was. If you look at quarterbacks like the Blaine Gabberts and even Jamarcus Russell, who tried to come back and you know, Mark Sanchez and whatnot. If you looked at the backups to teams, the reality was Colin Kaepernick was better than a lot of the guys that were on some of these rosters, and he wasn't right. And he wasn't put back in the NFL. So now Roger Goodell apologizes. He puts out an apology after George Floyd passes away. He puts out an apology four years later in 2020, but he doesn't say Colin Kaepernick. Fans say something. Then he says Colin Kaepernick. Now the NFL said, now he says, well, you know, I think a team should sign Colin Kaepernick. What do you think about the whole Colin Kaepernick situation? Because it was never about the flag, but it became about the flag. And then it became, you know, are you for black lives? Are you for the the country? Are you for the military or black people? Which makes no sense. And it became this giant cluster. But now four years later, we're hearing this, oh, Colin Kaepernick's an upstanding citizen, which I don't believe from the NFL, nor do I believe it from Roger Goodell, because if he was, it wouldn't have to take eight, eight minutes and 46 seconds of a man losing his life to make a statement like that. So how do you view Colin Kaepernick, and how do you view the fact that the NFL is now promoting taking a knee at some point where they ostracized a man for doing it four years ago? Yeah, and that's, that, that plays the whole, like, thing, like I said, the, the, the racial injustice. That's a whole different spectrum of racial injustice, Adam. Because he, he spoke out, he didn't really speak, he just did an, did an action, and everybody took it to a, a whole different degree, and this all these disgrace in the flag, and he's doing all this. And he wasn't trying to disgrace the country. He lives here. He doesn't, I don't think he wants to live anywhere else, he, or he would potentially try to do that. Um, Jesus, that was just the best way he can do it, to put his voice out there. And that was a silent, peaceful protest, and people... That's where that's where the black community kind of gets gets upset and get tired when we have these riots now because people constantly protest and repeat and people peacefully protest and they do this and there's no actions that happen and there's no accountability that happens and then you have guys like Colin you have guys like Colin Kaepernick who do the same thing do, do the correct do the correct way I mean at the end of the day who who it's not against the law to express his his person in the right. And that's what he did, and that's he, he had in a nation. The nation spoke, and there a lot of you had seen a lot of high school players doing it. Um, I don't know, I don't care really too much in college. Um, but I know, in like high school, you have in different sports, and other than football, that everybody sees the same stuff. But then he was, he was definitely ostracized, and they kept him out of the NFL, and teams didn't want to pick him up because oh, he's a headache. That becomes a headache because the person is speaking his mind because he has the platform. And unfortunately, there's a lot of um, black people in the black community who do have the platforms who, who and at the time when they're even at their, their peak, they don't make these same type of sacrificial things that they do. And he's a, he's a hero to me that he, that he was able to do that. He finished, he had made it to, I'm sure as a kid, he wanted to be an NFL, be an NFL quarterback. Yeah. And he did that. And at the, 
at the top of so you have to keep him determined you at the top of this game and he makes some type of statement like this and he's now he doesn't he doesn't have a job and there's man, there's a the hundreds of quarterbacks who shouldn't be in who definitely are better than him who have been taking their teams to the Super Bowls and taking winning the NFC each and one of winning uh conference championship and they have jobs and he didn't because he did that. So yeah, it's um, I think Roger, I think it's always it's always a cover up at the end of the day, or just a kind of cover, you know, cover your butt type thing. Uh, we say QIA, we say it in a lot of football. I say it's kind of as well. It's like cover your, you know, you can say this to rest, but it's QIA, it's cover your butt. And that's kind of what that situation was. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I agree with you. You know, I, I agree. I think I think if George Floyd's not on tape, I, I think if this doesn't happen, if coronavirus doesn't have everybody sitting at home, then, you know, the NFL doesn't have to back that. I mean, for goodness sakes, Roger Goodell said he didn't see the tape of Ray Rice that all of us saw. And, you know, when he finally saw it, it was like, oh, maybe I should do something about it. I mean, it, it's just, and it makes no sense. And the Patriots don't get in trouble for this, but somebody else gets in trouble. I mean, it's, it's, it's just the reality that... You know, do people apologize because they're sorry or do people apologize because they got caught? And, and do they apologize yeah. because they're being pushed is the question. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it definitely is a, it's a big thing about uh, people to apologize because they're getting caught. Um, I don't, honestly, these them apologies, I don't find sincere. Like, even back in when Riley Cooper made um, uh, racial slurs and yeah. we have a lot, see a lot of NASCAR guys getting in trouble recently. And it's been, it's been countless of, of people who've done this and do this, and they just make these apologies just to kind of save their brand. But that's, that's a problem in America is that until we move past a lot of stuff and address a lot of different things and change the narrative, it's not going to change it. That's, that's the thing about it. And then law enforcement, it's, it's not a law enforcement issue. I mean, it's an issue that's in law enforcement, but it's not a law enforcement issue. It's about people's feelings and how they feel about stuff. Is the reason why we're in this situation now. Well, the question is, speaking here with Adonis, I mean, more uh, Adonis, uh, the question really comes down to, I mean, hate is taught, love is taught. If you and I are playing in a sandbox as kids, we don't know anything other than the fact that we're playing in a sandbox as kids. But if your mom says, well, you, you can't like Dan, and my mom says, well, you, you can't like Adonis, you know, then we grow up a certain way. If my mom says, oh, Adonis can come over for dinner, and your mom says, I love Dan, then we grow up a different way. So if hate is taught and love is taught, how do we, how do we, when you talk about changing the narrative, how do we take hate in people's hearts and turn it into love? Is it possible to change a zebra's stripes, so to speak? If somebody has taught hate in their family for generations upon generation against black people, then how do we, how do we change that? Can you change that family or do you just move on to the next family? Like how do we change the narrative that has been going on for such a long time of families that have dedicated themselves to saying, we don't talk to those people. We don't talk to the gays. We don't talk to the Jews. We don't talk to the black people. We don't talk to Hispanics. How do you change that? Yeah, I think the biggest part is um, recognizing that there is an issue. Um, and then from there is education and educating themselves and um, being truthful about situations and being truthful about the many years of racial injustice that African-American black people have had to face in this country outside of slavery, outside of Jim Crow. Um, it just didn't stop there. It continues now. And that's just something that 
I think it's a, it's a bigger picture. Uh, until that happens, until there's some real conversations and there's some real things that's put out for people to be educated and learn about this stuff, um, it's not going to change. I know, I, I know, you know, like, I know a few years ago, and, like, they people in the, in the history books. I need to this may be a different idea, but I don't know, a few years ago, I was reading an article where they were talking about in Texas, and I, this could be, it could have been a, a lie, I just called it or not, but they were already in schools talking about how slavery, slavery were indentured slaves, or like indentured servants, like how they did back in the day where people would come over from Europe and things like that and work for a certain amount of years and they'd be free. And they were already trying to teach this in, in Texas, and that's not the truth, and that's what hides a lot of this stuff. And, man, it's, it's, a, it's a very big issue and it's something that's been going on in this country for forever. So I, the best thing I think is having these real conversations and having real evidence and giving people the light of understanding and seeing what really is going on in this country. And the thing both is... both sides. White, black, or brown, it doesn't matter. Well, and the thing is, Adonis, I mean, you... You've been through this, you know, and, and you've grown up and you've seen the world in, in, in your light. And I think that the on your doorstep approach is something that really, really frustrates me. And what I mean by that is if you're in a neighborhood and your neighbor's getting robbed and you're seeing them getting robbed and you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to go back in my house and lock my door because it's not my house. And I'm not going to call the cops because it's not my problem and it's not my situation. And then somebody robs you and then you, and you walk out to your neighbors and go, where the hell were you guys? And so there's that there's that feeling of like, as long as it doesn't happen to me, as long as it doesn't happen to like my family's Italian and Hispanic. My cousin just found out we might have Sudanese blood from our family in southern Italy that went over to Africa. So let's so let's say to me, I'm like, okay, well, it's not happening to Italians. It's not happening to Hispanics. It's not happening to, uh, you know, people of Sudanese descent. It's not happening to I believe in God. So it's not happening to Christians. You know, that's not good enough for me to say to my friend, well, well, you're Jewish and they attacked you, but they didn't attack me for being Catholic. So that's okay. Oh, you're, you're gay and I'm straight. And, 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 you know, thank God I'm straight because I think the whole mentality of that is what ends up happening in the world that we live in is that I think, you know, when you say, thank God, it's not on my doorstep, we have a God that will eventually have things come full circle and it will hit your doorstep. And then it's like, are you going to care now? Like if you say, well, my daughter wasn't the one that got raped. It was Bob's daughter. Well, I don't have to deal with it because that's Bob. If we don't think about other people that are different colors, different religions, different backgrounds, different creeds, different whatever than us, then we're not doing this. And I don't think that the Black Lives Matter movement is going to work if black, brown, white, yellow, whatever, what, white, you know, whatever, maybe. I don't, if, if every color is not standing outside together is what I'm getting at, then I don't think it works. I think you have to have people of every descent that are standing together. I think if you want to fight for gay rights, you have to have straight people standing there. I think if you want to fight for women's rights, you have to have men standing there because it's not to take away from the black community or from women or from people that are in the LGBTQ community. It's just the reality to me that I think it speaks volumes when somebody on the other side of the coin or allegedly on the other side of the coin is standing there. You know, if you said to me, Adonis, like, hey, I want to go to a Black Lives Matter peaceful rally. I'd love for you to be there with me, Dan. I'm there in a heartbeat. And when I go and I stand next to you, I don't want people in the black community looking at me going, why is he here? Because 
I'm here because I support it. I don't have to look like you to support that and love that. But I think that that makes positive change. I think if my mom was fighting for equal pay in her job, I would love for her to go to City Hall. But if I'm standing next to her, then the guy that's standing on the high horse is going to go, well, what's this man doing here? And then maybe he takes a little more seriously. I just believe if we're going to change the world, we have to change it together as all colors, all colors, all creeds, all backgrounds. Because if just the black community says we've had enough of this, You've had enough of this for over 400 years. I think everybody has to stand with the black community and say, this is enough. We have to change this. I think that everybody has to stand with the cops and say, we need to do a better job at screening people that are applying to be in the police academy. I just think that if it's if it's together, then we got a better chance of changing it than if it's segregated because that's the problem in the first place. And I think that's what's going on now. Is, um, you see, you watch it on TV. I can't see everything in the, in every, in the world, but... I know when I see on TV, I see a lot of different colors. I really see a lot of different types of people that from a lot of different walks of life. And I know definitely along the down see how here in Denver, what I've been able to see a little bit more closely, is that's what's happening right now is you have a lot of different, it's young people, of course, but you have a lot of different young people of all different colors and races and background out protesting. And that's, and that's, and we're, we're seeing the change now with law enforcement where every law enforcement is, in the country are just about as, Making some type of error, there's been laws that's been put forth um, to help that, and I think that's what's going on now. And it's, but unfortunately, it's with young people who don't really have power. I think they they just want to take some people who have the power to to join into that together together situation to make this happen. Yeah, you know, and I think that ultimately we have to see that. And it's it's hard to change, you know, minds and hearts that have been set a certain way for so long. But you know, I think that we have to be together. I, I that's my true belief is that. You know, I think the world looks totally different, you know, if, if you know, you got Martin Luther King standing up at a stage and you got and you and you have everybody of every background that's unafraid to, you know, stand out there and speak for social justice. I think it's the same thing now. You know, I, I think if you want change to happen, then you have to show the world together. And what I've said on the show a bunch of times is if you think about the rainbow, Adonis, you need every single color in the rainbow to work together in order to create that one beam of light that can pass through a prism. If you lose any of the colors of the rainbow, you cannot create that perfect light. You can't create what we see every day without every single color working together. So if that's the case scientifically of the reality of, of that, then you know if we don't work together of every color and every background, then how do we expect to ever shine a light in this world, essentially? Yeah, for sure, and that's that's the that's the biggest thing. We have to come together and figure this thing out without a doubt. And that's the best. That's kind of the best. That's the best thing that can that can happen if there's going to be any type of change. Um, and just has to be education on on both sides, on all sides of the of the field. I think the day has to be just educating yourself and understanding what's going on, what's happened, for you to have a better understanding. That coming from Adonis Amin Moore in law enforcement, as well as a Syracuse Orange football alum. Adonis, I appreciate your time. I love talking with you. There's so many great things. I want to let you know that uh, my mom is uh, you know, a big supporter of what I do. I know you come from a good family, and I got that love too, and she wanted to send it to you. She said, I really like this man, is what she said. And and I knew uh, you know, the day that I met you that if, I mean, if you ever, for me, it was like, 
you know, good people are good people. And I know all I got to do is say, hey, mom, I got this friend. And she's like, when are they coming over for dinner? So when you come up here back to New York at some point from Colorado and you want a good home cooked meal, mama's table, mama Tatora, she's ready. And uh, she's, she definitely sent that love over to you to, uh, to welcome you in. But I know that you have come from love. I know that you spread it. And, you know, I have respected you on and off the fields in the entire time that we've known each other. I'm happy that you're in law enforcement and creating positive change. I'm happy that you're doing good out there and taking care of yourself. I'm happy that you have kids. I look forward to that someday myself. So I'm just really proud of you, Adonis. And I think above everything, your friendship has has meant the world to me and has really, um, you know, been one of those things that I I value so very much because you and I could talk every day or we could not talk for a few months or a year, and then we pick right back up again. And it says a lot about your character and the type of human being you are. And you spent a lot of time with us this morning, and I just want to say thank you for that. Oh, yeah, of course, man. man for you, Dan, like, 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 watch. You know, I tell from the time I met you that you come from a great background. And tell Mama Tatora, I'll definitely, next time I come out there, I'll definitely hit you guys up so I can come bring a friend of mine and get some good food. But I, I gotta, always got to bring come back to Syracuse every now and again, every once or two years. I see my homeboy Trayvon Berkeley's a Syracuse man who still lives out there and check on the school and well, it definitely would be a trip that's going to be coming up and that's where my oldest son is born so I always like to take him to know where he's born he, he has pride in saying that he's from Syracuse he can say I'm from Syracuse he has pride in that so I definitely will be back and I definitely will let you know and, then, and like, like, I was, like I was saying before that like you um, I appreciate who you are I'm proud of you as well because I've seen you build your business and the type of businessman you are and how hard you work. And I know this you really, you're going to have to continue to have great success because you're a great guy, man. You take care of people and you have a lot of love. And that's what I saw from you from, from the get-go. And I appreciate you as well. I appreciate your friendship too, without a doubt, man. And that's that's the thing that helps build bridges. Yeah, obviously, I'm black. Obviously, you're white. You know what I mean? And it's no, it, it, it's no love lost. It's no... It's, a, it's an understanding on both on both sides, and that's what a lot of people are going to have to be able to to do, and, and be able to have be able to open and listen, to it, have their ears open, and be able to listen and not more so think about what they're going to re- their response is. And that's how I feel with you. I feel like I can definitely talk to you like I talk to anybody else. You know what I mean? And I appreciate you as well, man. I mean, you're a great man at the end of the day. You know that you are for sure. Well, I can't. Thank you enough for those words, Adonis, and the feeling is absolutely mutual. I mean, you're family to me, and you've been that way since the day that I got to, to talk with you. So there's something something about uh, you as a human being, and I'm happy that you know we built a friendship from that, and you consistently every day show me you know, uh, you know who you are when we get an opportunity to talk, it's just you and life. It's good to know that whether I'm on the phone with you today or not, that you know you're out there in the community and you're one of the good people trying to you know be a be a guardian angel, try and shed some light, try and do some good things. You're you know you're being a good person to your spouse, you're being a good person to your kids, like you're being a good friend. That goes such a long way, and the world only changes for the better when we have enough Adonises out there to create such an such an opportunity. So you know just know that every day when you're working and doing your thing, if you have a tough moment, you tough day, you're exhausted, kids are driving you nuts. Just know you got you got a friend in me that uh, is always thanking God for you and very happy that we got to cross paths. Yeah, me too, Dan, man. I appreciate you. And likewise for you, man, for sure. Likewise for you. You know, you can always reach out to me, and I'll, I'll get back to you. Definitely have to deal with 
the kids who you grew up on the drive me nuts before anything else for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that coming that coming from Adonis and me more. Well, Adonis, have a great day. Uh, please be safe as always, and and take care of yourself. My best to you and the family, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Okay. No doubt. You too. You too, Dad. Take care, man. All right. Take care. Have a good day.